0: Hello, world. This is Adrian Hackney, and welcome to Not Your Average Boss Podcast. On today's show, I have a very special guest, one of my brothers. We go way back. He's very knowledgeable when it comes to veteran affairs and providing insight when it comes to transitioning from the military to the civilian world. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Scott Batista. Hey, how you doing, bro? Hey, what's going on, man? What's up, world? How are you doing, bro? Hey, doing well, doing well, man. Uh, Good to see you, man. Uh, you no, know, nice. just you know, just staying focused out here, man. I, I appreciate you being on the show, man. I'm honored to have you on the show, um, talking about veteran affairs, and, and and the show is called "Calling All Veterans." So um, it's definitely a show that's catered towards uh, and uh, providing insight and education on the VA. We're not, you know, uh, credited by the VA or chartered by them, but we are veterans who have went through the process of filing claims and successfully won claims and things like that. So we just want to share our hearts and share some insight on that. But um, but yeah, man, just, uh, tell the people what you've been up to and kind of give us some of your background when it comes to your, your work history and things like that. Absolutely, man. Uh, once again, uh, my name is Scott
1: Batista. Uh, i actually been with the federal government for probably about just about 19 years now um had a had a brief stint in in um in government service where I took some time off to kind of focus on my health but um I've been with the uh post office for uh about 10 years uh transition of course my military time I spent 4 years in the United States Army um and then I went over to social security for a brief stint and I am now at the Department of Veterans Affairs VBA um, I, I say that, uh, emphasize VBA, because the uh, VA is broken down into three different entities. Um, uh, health, which is the VHA medical, uh, VBA, which is education, voc rehab, and comp and pen. And then, of course, the cemetery, the burial, um, which is a national cemetery portion. So I work for the VBA part, but I got a little bit of your knowledge in all of them because for the VBA, our number is the main number that everybody knows and we kind of direct people from there. Um, but originally from Brooklyn, New York, um, my wife like to say by way of VA, um, spent um, my formative years and formative years in New York and then like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I was getting in trouble, blah, blah, blah. And they sent me down to a, a city called Lynchburg, Virginia, where I wound up graduating high school and then joined the military and uh, never looked back. Married to my wife, just hit 20 years, December 1st. My wife is also a veteran nice. with the United States Army. We did meet in the uh, in the military uh, in Fort Lee, Virginia, way back in the day. And uh, we have three children. I have my oldest son, David, which is not by my wife, but his mom is a veteran as well. Um, he is going to be 20 in March. I have my daughter who graduates this year, who's going to be 18 next month. And then I have my youngest child and youngest son, Scott Jr., my daughter, Sonia, uh, my youngest son, Scott Jr., who's 16. He'll graduate high school at 17 next year. So, you know, bless, man. Just, just a blessed individual. When I think about where I came from and the things that I've seen, been a part of, man, I'm truly a blessed person, man. I'm also um, a, a, a minister of the gospel at my local assembly, Faith Mission Ministries, here where I reside in Clarksville, Tennessee.
0: Hey, man, that's awesome, man. And um, it's um. Uh it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. To, you know, far as when it comes to the the growth track and um, the the history, man. And um, like I said, you got beautiful family, man. I know you guys for years. I appreciate um, that. Awesome family, man. And um, it, it, it's always a, a blessing to see. Um, you know, people grow and, and, and families, you know, grow closer, um, ultimately to God and then to each other and 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 then being business-minded and preparing them for the business world and transitioning to the business world. Man, it's always great to hear, you know, people who are doing that because it's so important to prepare them, man. Um, but you know, like you said, um, you know, you 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 were you were uprooted and you, you went into the military. What do you, what do you think was, you know, one of your choices or behind that? Like what was the driving factor? Like at that point in time in your life, you know, what made you decide to go into the military?
1: That's a very good question. Um, it definitely wasn't, uh, patriotic or patriotism. I'll tell you that. Um, it was more so, um, just tired of living the life I was living. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. some of you probably know the story, uh, but for me, Um, I grew up very fast. Uh, My parents sent me down to Virginia where I really didn't have, it really wasn't a structure. It definitely wasn't a a, a Philip Banks type thing where I went Mm -hmm. to a a better family. It was a better location. But Mm -hmm. I quickly uh, took my New York mentality and ran the streets of Virginia. And um, I was living with a family that really wasn't my family. It was my half brother who Mm -hmm. I loved dearly, but it was his family. And so I, I didn't really have um, somebody to really monitor me as my parents would have if I was living in New York. So I just went buck wild, man. I was just this insecure young man who was looking for love in all the wrong places. So I found that in uh, sex. I found it in stealing and robbing and and um, and and, um, and 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 doing drugs. And so um, all those things, and I may read other things, but all those things led me uh, quickly, especially after high school. You know, um, I just kept getting in trouble with the law. Um, Little this, here, there, um, got into bad relationships, wound up getting stabbed, gun pulled Mm -hmm. out um, on me at at gunpoint, and just different things until I finally just said one day, um, you know, I'm going to join the military. Um, It was something that was kind of seeded, obviously, in high school recruiters, things like that. My family said, hey, you need to do something with your life. And so um, what I did was I'm going to go visit my mother who had moved out of New York, remarried, moved to North Carolina. I said, I'll go visit her for a while, uh, Mm kind of get myself together. I couldn't, I I went, but I had still had court dates. And um, once I cleared the warrants, the court dates and paid the fines, then I could join the military. And that's what I did, man. And I just never looked back. Uh, uh, Like I said, it was um, nothing I wanted to do. Um, but it want up being probably one of the best decisions of my life.
0: Hey, man, that's powerful, man. And that's uh, real relatable, you know, and, and I'm finding that a lot of Uh, veterans have similar stories to where you know it's not that we were really patriotic um and we may found out throughout you know throughout our tour in the military but even after sometimes like you know hey i've been through a lot still not patriotic like that because of what i've been through (laughs) and what i've seen on the inside right right Right. and my brother from from va you know i know that's why we clicked so quick now from you know from hampton virginia so um you know in bad news you know uh area in virginia but you know we we came from you know environments to where you know we got caught up in the street life and, and i was the same way man i was like you know it was either locked up or dead so i need to make a choice and and it was it was the military. That was the only way I could see myself starting starting my life and making something of myself. I always wanted to make my parents proud, and, and the the path I was going down, it wasn't happening, man. You know, and uh, my pops, you know, we had a stern stern talk with me. He was like, you going know, you have to get up out of here be, out of this house because you, you know you caused it too many issues. And I'm like, that was my uh, pivotal come to Jesus moment because I was like, you know what, my dad's right. Um, I need to get myself together and and do something positive, man. But um, so that's awesome, man. You know, uh, when you look at your 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 military career um what was the hardest thing about you know far as you know when you were in the military and also leaving the military um after that
1: i think the hardest thing um probably for me was um not trusting nobody um Mm -hmm. i felt like i was way away from new york virginia and my family Mm -hmm. and um i just Graduated at 17, joined the military, I think, in 19, uh, 20, 20. And um, I just wasn't uh, secure. I just wasn't the secure child to be on my own. I just was always looking for, um, uh, didn't trust people, but I I felt like I had to gravitate to a person to feel like I was going to make it. Um, I think somewhere in childhood, um, I came from a very, um, a family or my mom who um, was very strong-willed, my parents' strong-willed, but my mom, being that she was the main one raising me, she was very um, um, very assertive and can be a bit dictative. And what I learned that is, it can cause you not to think for yourself. And when a mm-hmm. person, or very criti- cr- critical of my, her parenting and mm-hmm. my upbringing, and when you overly, overly criticize a person in childhood, it can cause uh, them to become insecure when they go to make choices. So I realized that as I got older that joining the military um, in the beginning, while I had so much potential and talent, I would overly compensate for the insecurity that I had. I would, I had to beat you and, and really show you that I could because I made everything competitive because it wasn't really me competing with you. It was really trying to prove to myself that I could. So right off the bat, I was... Dusting people. I was arguing. I was getting in fights and basic training. Um, I became the senior role guard. Um, if you're in the army, the senior role guard was like the number one uh, runner, uh, leader for the people who wore the vest to lead mm-hmm. the, uh, the troops when it was time to run and do PT. You know, I had mm-hmm. to be everything to every, of course, you know, I was definitely with the ladies and all that. But um, it was all about the clout and all I could get because it was really a form of insecurity for me. And those mm-hmm. things made me feel secure. So as I got to Fort Campbell, I just was kind of depressed. I mean, I felt like I do not know nobody. I'm out of here. They told me your unit was about to deploy to Kosovo within a couple of months. And, mm-hmm. and it just th- those things just kind of unraveled me where I kind of, you know, still kind of pick up some old habits and stuff. And thankfully, um I had met my wife. We hadn't gotten married at that moment, but not shortly after that. And she brought stability to my life um, and, and kind of um, being more secure in that area than I was kind of um, helped me to kind of mature um, mm-hmm. in, in that particular area. But ultimately, um, it wasn't until um, God saved me and I became born again to where I really began to really mature and take off. Um, I think one of the hardest things about leaving the military – was, um, I would have to say the fear of the unknown, unknown, Mm -hmm. um, you know, are you going to be able to provide for your family? Because, you know, once again, the military is, is marketed at you to say, Hey, you got three hots and a cot. You you got, you got, you got, you know, everything provided for you. And so in my case, if you're not secure going into the military, um, you're kind of wondering, Hey, can I really make it after the military? you know um, um i know right, i got right. the education um and i know they talk hey we got education you got benefits but i never was one to really go to school you know it sounded good but when it came time to put up at that time i was like am i really gonna go to school i'm really gonna use this gi bill you know am i really right. gonna use a post out 11 you know all those things you know um so i think really the unknown what was i going to do i had young kids at the time um at when i got out and um not really sure, even though I had a lot of skills now, um, I had a lot of training, had a lot more discipline, um, and I was actually just became born again, but there was still an insecure, did I make the right decision by ETS and at the time. So that was probably mm-hmm. the biggest thing.
0: Hey, that's real, man. And what was your uh, MOS in the military
1: again? It was an uh, automated logistical specialist, aka 92 Alpha, go quartermaster.
0: <laughs> that's what's up shout out quartermasters yeah. out there man i was a 63 bravo lightwood mechanic oh time. Yeah. oh yeah oh yeah straight up man we worked uh, with s1 and things like that and i was in um headquarters when i was at uh station at fort campbell mm-hmm. uh kentucky and um but yeah man um set a mouthful there man and um when you look at the the transition from, you know, civilian to soldier back from soldier to civilian, it is challenging and there's a lot of unknown and there's a lot of things that we don't know. And and I was kind of like, okay, I have, you know, a few thousand dollars saved up um, for the war. And just a plug, at some point we're going to be talking about uh, on these shows as far as finances, things like that. But when you amass a lot of money in the military, whether you're active duty now or, you um, are you looking to get out? Are you looking to retire? Save your money up Mm and look at ways to save your money because, um, I had a lot of money saved up when I was in Iraq. I didn't need anything. So I just kept on saving money up, but I burnt it all when I came back to the States. So I was like, you know, I got this money. I'm making it rain. I'm doing this. I'm buying that. I'm paying Buying this car, buying clothes, shoes, but I didn't save up anything, and I wish I would have had somebody tell me to save my money before I got out, because I would have been in a better space. So I only had a few thousand dollars uh, saved up, and then um, I was I was homeless for a little bit, man. You know, and I could have went back home. I know my mom, the door's always open, so my mom would have let me come back, you know. Um, But I was like, you know what? I told my mom and dad I'm leaving at 19. I'm not coming back to stay with you guys. Um, I'll come back to visit, but I'm not coming back to stay, and I and I didn't do that because I felt like, hey, I'm a man. I need to care of my responsibilities but i was it was it was hard for those those months man and uh you know shout out to you know those who let me stay with them for a little bit but then i got my own place um from that point but i was so unprepared man and i wish i had somebody kind of you know sit me down and really show Mm. me what it was like as far as the transition because you know you go to and no knock on them but you go to the career center and things like that when you're about to ets and it's still not clear what i what you're supposed to do they sit you down at a computer it's kind of like here look for some jobs and like okay, but I don't know where to go, you know, and I need some more insight on what will best fit me, you know? Yeah. Okay. I'm a mechanic by trade. Um, not necessarily greatest and not necessarily something I wanted to do, but I I found some favor there. So, um, but I was like, I I don't really know where to go. And, um, it, it made my journey harder in the workforce when I didn't, um, when I wasn't further prepared for that. But, um, so kind of going to, the next point, when you come to ETS, and what would you tell a soldier that's about to get out, um, as far as what they need to look into to prepare themselves to be successful in their transition?
1: Okay, so um, some soldiers um, or, or just service members all altogether really, really um, have a, uh, know what they want to do. It's kind of like some children in childhood know what they want to do. They don't struggle with what they're going to do after high school. And my hat goes off to you. If you really feel like you have um, a career in mind, that's great. Um, um, however, there's a lot of them that really don't know what to do. So the first thing I would say is um, it's okay to say that you don't know, you don't know what you're going to do at post um, your military career. Um, I would say pay attention and ask questions when you're going through um, 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 uh, as a TAP. Uh, Transition Mm -hmm. Assistance Program. That's what it it used to be, ACAP for the Army, uh, but it's TAP. It's just mixed with different acronyms depending on what branch you served in. But when you're in that Transition um, uh, Assistance Program, you know, pay Mm -hmm. attention. Because one of the main things that we do as human beings, we tend to not want to pay attention to something that we don't feel like we need. But what I've learned, and as we go into what I've learned with life and with the VA or veterans is... Just because you don't need it now um, um, doesn't mean that you're going to not need it later. And mm-hmm. oftentimes, it's not always that you don't need it now. It's mainly you don't realize you need it now. See, that's the thing. Come if, you, on. if you just convince yourself that, hey, I may need this and I don't know about it, so I need to pay attention or take good notes or have a good recorder to record this so it can bring back to my remembrance and you may not remember everything that was said and you don't have to. It's about being able to search, to find mm. the answer. See, that's what life is All about. Right. You can't retain everything, but you can sure write down where to find the answers or the contacts, the networking ability. So as long as you're able to network, then you're able to be pointed in the right direction. So um, paying attention to those tap courses and then, um, making sure you have a list of all the contacts. Um, And also, as we transition to this point, VA has a program that they started not too long ago. Um, It's called VA Solid Start. And and the Solid Start program where um, you'll receive three calls within that first year because the first year is usually the hardest in a transition Mm -hmm. point. Um, kind of helping you out, seeing where you are, if you need any assistance, checking on you. Um, so that's a really good program if you're on your way out um, to really pay attention to the Veterans Solid Start program, you know, which helps mm. a lot of veterans, you know, in their transition.
0: That's awesome, man. And um, it's so important and great points there. Um, to to keep a record and to you know know who to speak to um before you get out and typically your you know your uh NCO should guide you in that um when it comes to um ETSing and the things but um but yeah you need to do your research and that's so important um because even if you retire you're still getting out at some point so you still want to make sure you're you're setting yourself up as best as possible for success in that regard as well. Um, but but what would you say Scott? is one of the common myths about VA benefits that veterans may have?
1: Um, One of the common myths um, is that, you know, I didn't really injure myself in the military and I don't need to really apply for VA benefits. Um, uh, You see that a lot. I see that a lot from the veterans who served in, um, more so, the Korean War, because you don't really see a lot of the World War II, but they are out there, but the Korean War veterans who deal with Agent Orange exposure, um those guys tell me I heard I read I watched movies, but and I have family members that told me but I, now I hear it every day when I talk to them is that when they were in, you dare not went to sit call. You know, that Mm -hmm. was just a mentality. You was considered a punk. If you showed that you had any kind of weaknesses or if you were hurting, you just didn't go. And um, Mm -hmm. the sick call was reserved for people who were hurt in war mainly. Um, So um, sometimes psychologically, you have to be deprogrammed to say, hey, it actually does hurt. My body does hurt or Um, you may need to go to counseling or recognize if somebody's telling you, maybe your spouse, maybe a a family member, a friend saying, Hey, you do have anger issues or you do have a general anxiety disorder. You do have a Mm. failure to adapt ever since you retired or got out of the military. You may, you do have PTSD, you know, PTSD Mm -hmm. wasn't big back in the day. Uh, Sleep apnea wasn't big back in the day. Um, you do have uh this or that, so I think uh, it, don't talk yourself out of following a claim, let them deny you. you know oftentimes so many people talk themselves out, well, you know, I hear horror stories and this and that you know what Every, uh, there are horror stories uh, you'd be, uh, you be i I'd be lying to you to say that there aren't horror stories. everybody has their own experience, but mm-hmm. never let someone else's experience be your experience. Don't talk yourself out of following a claim um um you need to go and, uh, and be clinically diagnosed. Don't don't try to treat yourself and say, hey, well, I don't have this. I don't have that. No, go get professional help. Go to a doctor and see what they're saying. Ask them, could this have been tied into my military service? Do the research. Get what, a, what they call a veteran service officer in your local town, a VSO, such as the American Legion, Disabled American Veterans, et cetera, um, and they can help you to kind of sift through the VA lingo and help you to file a claim, do the paperwork and the legwork to really get you in the system to file a claim for comp and pen, you know?
0: Man, great points, man, and, and I, I definitely appreciate you because um, you you were pivotal in, in me not giving up, man. Um, you know, you called me several times, just checking in on me, and it was like, hey, man, don't give up, man. God ca- told me to call you, and it was like, don't give up, and you know, it's, it's gonna it's gonna happen uh, when you least expect it, and how you don't expect it. You watch you win your claim, exactly what happened, you know. And I and I, I and I appreciate that, bro. Like I really meant so much because it was hard to wait, man. You know, year, years years of years of fighting, and when I got I got out in 2004, and you, what you said was so it's so accurate when it comes to the soldiers young and old because it's like you know I, I ain't going to sit call i'm not going to be clown for going to sit call i'm not a sit call soldier and like that or sit call, sit yeah. call ranger or yeah. whatever you know um and it was a big thing that, that people had a culture of you know uh, making that look like it was negative now nah, if you sick if you're hurting if you're dealing with stuff You need to go to the sick call you need to go to the doctors You need to have that record to show that hey, you know I, I'm dealing with this and you know throughout, throughout yeah. the years. You no know, got some people to, to to Encourage me to do it. I'm like nah, man for one. I've been out the military too long for two. I'm good uh, and, and for three it's just I don't want to seem weak and, and things like that, but yeah, I, I was dying on the inside, though. You see, what I'm saying, like, I was mm-hmm. um, really hurting, and I, but I wanted to put on this front, like I was really tougher than what I really was. And I was, I was dealing with back issues, ringing in the ear, uh, you know, depression, uh, anxiety, being angry all the time, and night terrors, waking up looking for my weapon and, and ready to fight the world. Didn't didn't know why, but you know, was yeah. like, no, I'm good. No, we're not good if you're dealing with those type right. of issues, and, and you do need help. And uh, I was thinking about. Now one story, I, I, you probably know it. Um, the man was on the roof and it was a flood, I believe it was on, um, what truth I believe I'll find the link and I'll put it uh, in the description of this podcast episode, but, um, the man was on the, on the rooftop. It was a flood and, uh, he was, you know, he was, you know, of course, praying to God about getting him out of that situation. The rowboat came, uh, the motorboat came, the helicopter came. He told all of them, I'm good. I got faith. Um, God's going to save me. And then when he, you know, he, unfortunately drowns in the story. And then when he gets to heaven, God's like, you know, um, okay. So I sent you these things you were praying about, but you said you were just going to wait for me to save you. And, but I answered your, your prayer. You know, he questioned God about it. He was mad. He was like, why didn't you save me? No, God was like, I did send you help through, yes. yeah, through the, through the situation. Right. And you know, we, as believers and Christians, we do pray, we do believe God, but it doesn't mean we have less faith. If we go to the doctor, if we take medicine, if we do the, uh, what we need to do to, to get our health in check, uh, that's advised by the doctor and professionals and things like that, man. I mean, we, we have to get that out of our head when it comes to filing a claim because, um, you're for one you're 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 depriving yourself from the treatment that you need to get to, to get yeah right and for two there's compensation on the table that is get, to get help you um, do your journey as well so it's, it's it's we have to get that out of our head when it comes to filing claims and things like that and we want to be as honest as possible when it comes to what you want to tell say you do get set up for uh, a CMP a compensation and pension exam and you know you're not telling the 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 uh, the the person who's doing the exam, the doctor who's doing the exam, that everything that's going on with you. you No, you want to tell them what you're dealing with on your worst day and and tell them, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what I deal with. Panic attacks and things like that. You want to be as honest as possible and truthful as possible when it comes to this because that's what's going to help you along the journey. Um, And, you know, so kind of walk us through uh, the process of filing a claim. And of course, you know, we don't file claims for people. It's up to you to file your, your claim, but we want to share some insight on how you can know successfully do so and look into it further. All right. So, you know, remember that
1: we're speaking to a large audience. We're speaking to potentially people that are on active duty and people that are come off of active Mm -hmm. duty already. Um, there's three ways, um, really to file your claim, two ways on, on active duty. Um, If you're on active duty and you're within uh, 180 days earliest or 90 days at the latest, then you want to participate in what we call VA, the BDD, uh, Bravo Delta Delta Benefits Delivery at Discharge. In order to qualify for that, you have to be within that 180-90 day. Um, and you also have to have a copy of your service treatment records that you're going to give the BDD intake center person, and that is uh, that is a fast the fastest program when you're on active duty because we can start to develop you as long as you're around for at least uh, 10 to 45 days to go to a, a physical uh, examinations. We try to get you a decision right when you come off active duty. Mm-hmm. So it's your responsibility to fax the VA your DD-214 to prove you're off of active duty, and that will complete your claim, and, and then we will adjudicate from there. So BDD claim is the common way. Uh, the other way is for people that's being, um, or have been proposed unfit for duty, and that's called Medborn. Um, that claim is called IDES claim, um, basically uh, in- Integration Disability Evaluation System claim. And that's where you go to the med board process, VA examines you, however, nothing is done until you ha- actually went before the med board and been and have been declared unfit. See, in some cases, they may say you're fit for duty and then we stop the whole process. Mm-hmm. But if they declare you unfit for duty, then will the VA will give a uh, um, what is called a uh, proposal rating um, and give you a proposed rating, but nothing is final until you actually are off of active duty. Um, that's the other way. Um, so now the, the, the other common way is when you're off of active duty, then you have to do the first rule of engagement is an ITF, intent to file. Mm-hmm. The moment it comes into your mind that you want to file a claim or think that you're going to file a claim, the first thing to do is do this either on our website that, uh, that you put on here.
0: VA.gov,
1: um, they no longer do this on eBenefits, but you do it on VA.gov, and you do an, You go to the start claim, and it'll do an automatic intent to file. You don't have to finish the claim at that night, but the intent to file would be put in. Or you can call the 800-827-1000 number, and they'll take the intent to file over the phone. What we don't do as VA uh, uh, workers is we don't do the claim for you we do the intent to file for you. That, uh, you can also go get help at your local veteran service officer and they can help you with the claim. What that intent to file does is it acts as a placeholder um, 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 for the effective date. And it gives you, the veteran, one year from that day to actually submit the claim application. The reason why it gives one year is so that you may need to uh, develop it on your end so that you don't have to rush. You may need to gather private medical records and, you know, uh, buddy statements, lay statements, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. So many people just are so in a rush that they don't develop it. And so, um, by giving you that one year, it is for potential retroactive payment purposes. So, if you submit the actual claim anytime within that one year, we, you you preserve the earliest effective date possible, which is the day you told us about the intent to mm-hmm. file. Um, when we receive that application, it is in what is called the fully developed claim process, also known as FDC, that is probably the uh, expedited way other than traditional way. What that means is when you submitted the claim, you submitted everything, all the evidence on your hand, that means it's fully developed. If we have to uh, develop it further, meaning if you submit more medical records or more statements, then they take it out of the fully developed and put it in the traditional or standard claim process which is a little bit slow for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. They got to develop it. Mm-hmm. So that one year is really meant to you for you to develop it, uh, not just for retroactive payment purposes, which everybody tends to kind of focus in on. So that is the way to submit that. You can download the uh, 21-526EZ Echo Zulu from VA.gov forms. You would just search forms, print it out. You can fax it or mail it in. Or well, like I said, you could do it on VA.gov or you can go get help at your local veteran service officer.
0: Man, and that's man, that's great information. Um, and you know, we'll look to to reference it in the description of, of the podcast. Um, man, that's that, that was that was good. That was good. And 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 like I said, we wanna prepare you know, our brothers and sisters, man, to, to be successful when it comes to submitting these, these claims, um, because it is a process. It can take some time, but like you said, um, Scott, you want to develop it the best you can. And sometimes you do need to get your service records, um, and we'll provide a, a link here for that as well. Um, Cause if you, if you get those and you, and you comb through them, cause sometimes you forget, okay, what did I go to say call for? It should be in your medical records. And I believe you submit that form and uh, take, it could take some time. Cause I believe it's from what St. Louis that you get the form from, um, or your records. That's, that's, the, that's the yep. hub of it. Right. And yep. then, you know, they, they send it from that point, but it, it does take a little bit, yep. um, to get that, but, uh, you can get some information in regard to your records on, um, It was my healthy vet, but it's now now it's my uh what is it myhealth.va.gov. You can now get um, some some information if you have a premium level um, a premium level uh, membership with that. But yeah, man, I mean. The, the process is, is tedious and it does take legwork, but like you said, the VSOs in your state can help with, with submitting a claim. So it won't be so cumbersome or so um, tasking to, to look into how you do that. Um, and there's tutorials, there's videos and things like that you can find on YouTube and th- they can help. But ultimately you wanna talk to a veteran who's been there. You wanna talk to the the, VA, the, the VSOs because a lot of times they are veterans and they, they do wanna help um, us be successful as possible. Um, so, when it comes to working with the VA, how, how do you think that has impacted your thinking on the claims process to further empower veterans to successfully file a claim?
1: Oh man, so uh, major way, first of all, not just for myself, because now you have an understanding of how the whole process works. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I, I did a class I think I was sharing with you about um, veter- uh, November for Veterans Day mm-hmm. on um, Um, Pure Partners, shout out to uh, um, Maurice and Kim Johnson, uh, Pure Partners Mm -hmm. facilitators. They basically um, asked me to give a class on veterans benefits. And one of the things that I told them is that uh, since I've been at the VA, I've been able to fortunately help so many people that didn't know, for example, that both veterans can claim children. You know, oftentimes we're just so scared because like, man, that's double dipping. No, if you have, if both you and your spouse is a child, both of you can claim your children. Or um, if one spouse like myself has a child by another person, my wife can mm-hmm. still claim her stepson. Because wow. we still support, he's still my child biologically, and we still support my, my stepson, her stepson. so. Mm-hmm. Um, you, we, most people don't know that, uh, that both veterans could claim that, um, some people didn't know, some people don't know that if you're 30%, you can even add dependents. You'd be surprised that a lot of people don't know once mm-hmm. you get to 30%, you can add dependents. People didn't know that you can add your parents, um, not, not in the same way, but if you are su- your parents and you provide and they and their income and assets are under like a certain uh, financial threshold, you may be able to add your parents, Um, um, people to know that you can um, uh, if you adopt a child, you can add them to your award. Um, if they're underage, right. a lot of people don't know about helpless child. If your child is considered helpless and unable to support themselves before the age of eighteen, you may be able to add them to your record even after eighteen, and they get their own check for the rest of their lives. So mm-hmm. it was just a myriad of things as far as claims. How to understand one of the biggest things, Adrian, is how to understand and read and interpret a decision letter. That thing can be so intimidating. Um, uh, the lingo, uh, the words when they said your claim is mute, moot, excuse me, moot, Mm -hmm. or if it says it's been deferred. A lot of veterans come to me, what does deferred mean? Uh, They don't know the difference between now. It wasn't like this always, but now in packets, they put a notification letter, and that's usually the first Mm -hmm. few pages And then in between, sandwich in between, you have your rights to seek further review of our decision. In other words, if you disagree with it, you could. uh, They tell you in the decision letter tells you um, how to disagree, what form to use, how to uh, how to choose a form, and then at the bottom is your narrative. Your narrative goes into the evidence they use, um, um, how they came to their decision. It goes into a narrative. And it tells you how it it covers everything. But oftentimes, and actually in the top right-hand corner of the packet in the beginning on the first page, it tells you the order of the packet. But most people don't even think to look there. The first thing they do is, was it approved or disapproved? And then obviously, if it was disapproved, they automatically just go into calling VA rather than seeing why and blah, 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 this and that. So it is very important, especially, I'm going to emphasize this, and especially in today's time, because ever since the COVID-19, uh, veteran service officers either closed altogether um, and put the one 800 on the door, um, and you had to call us, or they were taking stuff online by email, and it's a lot of old vets, a lot of people don't do email, they had to mail it in. So basically, people that did not know how to do this on their own were now very, very frustrated um, because they Mm -hmm. had to call the 1-800 number. When you call the 1-800 number us, we don't really have the time to really sit down with you and go over your claim because we're being bombarded by calls and we try to help you. And they want to stay on the phone and go over a whole application, but it's just, it just doesn't work like that over the phone. So it, it behooves you to really learn for yourself as much as you possibly can and not rely on the VSO because we're living in a day and time where, man, you know, we all may be sheltered in place at one, any given time and, You have to call that 1-800 number. You have to learn how to understand and interpret these letters. And now is the time while we're in a time of, 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 uh, of not being sheltered in to really absorb this knowledge from things like this podcast or, or, or or VSO Mm -hmm. if you're able to meet with them right now, just in case you you're unable to in the future.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, um, and, and more great points. Um, when it comes to the the, the steps and we're going and we're gonna look at the like far as one do this two do that, but um when you say okay, yeah. so say you know I, I tried to uh file a claim and I got denied uh what's my my next step like can you kind of go over you know high level reviews overviews and things like that mm-hmm. yeah so
1: um february, february the nineteenth two thousand nineteen v a transition into a Uh, a new appeals modernization act. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a pilot program at first. A lot of people have heard of it. It was the RAMP, Mm R-A-M-P, where you could opt in. And they wanted people to opt in because they were trying to see if it was going to keep it. Well, it was that good, and they implemented it. So now when you, anytime after February 19th and after, especially if you are denied, you have three appeal lanes or review lanes. So mm-hmm. you have three. Uh, the first one is called a supplemental claim, um, the VA form 20-0995. A supplemental claim basically means you were denied or you disagreed with the decision and you're going to provide new and relevant, new keywords, new and relevant evidence. So it has mm-hmm. to be new has to be relevant something that they did not just deny you on in, right. in order to even pick that lane. If you don't provide new and relevant evidence, or if you don't put on the form for us to get the new and relevant evidence for you, then they won't even open it. They'll just send you a letter saying you didn't provide new and relevant evidence. It's, it's not open. Um, mm-hmm. the goal before the COVID-19, the goal to complete that was 120 days. Um, The next one was a high-level review. A high-level review is a 20-0996 VA form. Basically, it's the opposite of the supplemental. You cannot provide any more evidence, nothing. You can't provide a statement or nothing. You are actually asking us to have a more experienced adjudicator or person who makes decisions reviewer to give an entirely new review of the claim that we just denied, that you disagreed with. And the goal to complete that is 120 days. That is done at a what they call a DROC, a Decision Review mm-hmm. Operations Center. And you also can select on the form if you want an informal telephone conference. Where before they make a decision, they will call you at a specified time window that you check Eastern time. Uh, the last way is very familiar, which is VA form 10182, which is notice of disagreement. And mm-hmm. with the notice of disagreement, it goes to the Board of Veterans Appeals. But before it goes, you have to tell us what you disagree about, the decision that the regional office just gave you. And in that on that form, you have to select, select a, um, a review option because within the board, you have three options. You have what is called a direct review, meaning you do not want to submit any new evidence and you don't want a hearing. Um, you, you can have a decision within one year or 365 days with the board, or you can select what is called, a, you want to submit evidence. And if you submit evidence or have a, a hearing, It's going to obviously take longer because now they're not really doing face to face hearings they're doing telephone conference hearings or Mm -hmm. uh, video conference Mm -hmm. hearings. And so you're still going to have to wait for that. And that will be a little bit longer. And then obviously, if you submit new evidence, they have to review the new evidence that could be a little bit longer. But those are everything under the board that leaves your regional office. You fax that directly to uh, uh, D.C., And it will go before a veterans law judge to determine the decision.
0: Mm.
1: Those are your review options.
0: Mm. So, you know, so you hear that, um, ladies and gentlemen, there, there is hope outside of the denial letter. Cause a lot of times we get that denial letter and I've received several. um, So have you. uh, And, but there's, there's, um, there's hope outside of that, you know, um, with the higher, higher level review. And we're, we're looking into how to, to, to fight it, especially if, especially if you know that you are um, in a position that you deserve that, you know, and because and of what you're going through and what you're dealing with on a daily basis, uh, what with your, with your issues and ailments, um, so when we look at the the submitting a claim process kind of want to put it into you know steps um and 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 scott jump in you know add uh something that i may uh miss but for one you want to do an intent to file Mm -hmm. which is you know you could do that on the va.gov site uh you can also call it in um as well um on the on the phone number there um give me one second 800 8271000 that's right you can you can call that to to get it started there too and that that starts that process for the claim you know you got that year time frame to start that whole process to get the ed- evidence that you need to to make your your claim as solid as possible when it comes to your evidence to submit it to the VA that's right from that point uh, you want to look at and you can still you know i believe you can still go to e benefits and submit your claim that way um and there's a there's 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 videos on it and vso's can help but like scott was saying you kind of want to do your due diligence your own research on how to submit that through e benefits cuz you can submit a claim that way and this is important this is where uh buddy letters and um, nexus letters meaning that it's a letter that ties in your condition to your military service and those are important so you have a primary care doctor uh, or physician you see you want to you know reach out to them um and and also when it comes to getting treatment your treatment doesn't stop once you leave the military. You know, if you're yeah. dealing with issues and dealing with real concerns outside uh, of the military and due to the military, um, and and you had you had have those concerns while you were in, and you didn't have them prior to the military, you want to do your due diligence to, uh, you know, go to the doctors and things like that. And um, there's a way to submit to where you can get that uh, that free uh, benefit when it comes to being a veteran. Um, I think you have to be. Do you have to be at least 0% to get that benefit, Scott? For which one? Uh, to get the benefit of going to uh, a VA uh, doctor and having that covered for free.
1: No, not, not you don't have to be at least 0%. Um, it really depends on what era you're in. Okay. I mean, like Korean War era, they don't get any uh, uh, monetary benefits, but they get to use the VA hospital for no percentage. Um. Um, also you really just have to apply, um, online is anything, any form that starts with a 10 or 1010 is a, is a hospital form and they base it upon your income and that's how, so you don't have to be rated. You, uh, you just have to apply and they base it upon your income. They're going to look at your taxes. You got to send a copy of your taxes, last year taxes, if you filed and they will determine it at that time, eligibility.
0: Awesome, man. I appreciate that. So, um, you know, and and that's important to know and to look into. um, But it's important to, you know, keep the treatment going um, while you're outside of the military um, and looking into how you can get that that free benefit of going to the VA doctor um, because it's helpful. Um, But, you know, you get that nexus letter that shows that, hey, this condition um, was was developed in in the military and has been aggravated since being in the military um, to where you're at now. So you want to make sure you have those. If you don't um, have have it listed in your uh, medical records, your VA medical records that shows that. And um, from that point, it's it's the waiting game, and you want and thirdly, you want to be patient. Um, but going back to the denial letters, if if for some reason um, you get that in. Um, you're discouraged, don't be, because there you, you can still file, you can, you can do a new claim, you can um, look at, you know, even doing supplemental claims to, to things you, 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 you've dealt with before, um, you know, when it comes to ringing in the ears and um, certain, certain elements can agitate certain other elements, and you can supplement that when it comes to the claim and e-benefits. So um, those are all processes, but those are the three things, man. You, the, the intent to file is one. The, the filing the claim with the VSO or doing your own research on e-benefits to do it is two, and then being patient with the process and not giving up hope. Um, and, and one more thing, Scott, I want us to kind of talk about for our folks who um, are 100% percent PNT but don't know the benefits. Can you kind of share some insight um, in that realm as well?
1: Yeah, so if you're uh, permanent and totally disabled for VA purposes, um, one of the main things you want to look into is uh, the DEA, Dependence Educational Assistance, also known as Chapter 35. Uh, Chapter 35 is an an education benefit. It's, mm-hmm. it's through the education, not comp and pen. Um and you would you would go once you've been made permanent. Total, you would contact the education department, and basically, you uh, your spouse, the veteran's spouse, and the veteran's children, um, may be eligible to go to school and have a stipend paid directly to them. A lot of people say, "Well, it pays for your college." No, it's not like the Voc Rehab where they pay for your college and give you a stipend. No, mm-hmm. they actually pay. The, the the family, the mm-hmm. spouse, and or dependents, the money, and then they have to manage the money and pay the tuition. Mm-hmm. So um, I think right now it's about twelve, a little over twelve hundred dollars a month. I think the spouse has a certain amount of time to use it. I think like ten years from the date of the decision is one of them, and for children they have until twenty six to use that. A uh, very important key note: if the children choose to use that, say they're 18 years old, because that's the earliest you can use them. If they're 18 years old and they decide to go use their Chapter 35 for college or trade school, et cetera, um, if you are carrying them as a dependent, meaning if you've added them to your dependent, you have to remove them now because it will create an overpayment. They cannot Draw chapter 35 and be your dependent at the same time. Mm-hmm. And also, once you sign them up as a veteran for chapter 35 it it removes you out the link now. That money goes directly to the account they set up and they have to call in. They will no longer talk to you, the parent or the veteran parent. They talk directly to that child. So it's important that you teach your child independence mm-hmm. and give them the tools they need to be able to start conducting business as as their own because the VA will treat them like that. Um, that's one major one. The other thing is, as far as healthcare, Ah, uh, if you do not have health care or if you're looking to save for you know whatever's costly or beneficial for you now for health care, not necessarily for dental or for vision, but for health care, v a has a program called CHAMP VA mm-hmm. I know Adrian, you're familiar with this program where yes, uh, eligible sure. dependent spouse and children up to a certain age, I think still like twenty six can be uh, can use the champ VA benefits for health care, so those are the two main ones. The other ones is, uh, um, property tax. And this is a state thing. This is Mm -hmm. not a VA thing. This is a state's VA benefit, um, property tax and uh, a will tax or vehicle tax, um, such as your license plate or decals. Um, you can possibly be exempt from either one, but it really is predicated upon your state here in Tennessee. Um, You will continue to pay your, uh, if you're permanent in total, you will continue to pay your property tax through your escrow. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the year, they basically, uh, the first year, they make sure that you are permanent in total and then they send you that check back. Probably you'll probably get it like uh, March or April. Um, Mm -hmm. And then uh, you will tax if you're permanent in total. Then in the the county that I'm in, instead of paying $82, uh, your first one is free. And then every other vehicle after that, you pay $30. So it's basically a $50 $50 savings after that to get a disabled veterans uh, uh, um, tag on your car. Um, So those are some of the biggest things. There are other things, obviously, that you don't need permanent total, but be fishing license, things like that, just for disabled veterans. Mm -hmm. Uh, But those are the main things. Also, if you're permanent total, um, dental care is now free to you at the VA hospital you know you only get dental care unless you're permanent in total so that is just for the veteran just for the veteran to go into the VA hospital and do dental care at the VA hospital which is a big benefit as well so those are probably like the top ones and then from there I would just really look at your state VA website and see what all that may apply to you at that time.
0: Ooh, I appreciate that brother that's man some gems man some yeah, gems, yeah. Man. it's 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 great information to to have you know and and that's something that uh if you're dealing with uh, a lot of issues and and um you you feel like you you need to be at that far as you know the, the things you've been dealing with for the, the past few years or year or whatever the, the time frame is since you've been out the military while you're in it, and now you're out and you're dealing with that and it's getting progressively worse and you know you, you're not at that 100% you no know, PNT permanent and total and that's important because they can't really uh, shift that. If you talk about that uh, briefly when it comes to shifting, uh, when it comes to that PT, how important that part is? As far as what? Uh, the, uh, PN- the difference? Yeah, the, dif- the difference there as
1: far as the percentage. Yeah, so basically, um, there's a couple of ways. So for PT, you want either have to be 100%, and a lot of veterans are 100%, but they're not PT. And basically, in layman's terms, PNT means um, you have no future examinations, nine times out of ten, and it means that your disability, for VA purposes, your disabilities are considered static, S-T-A-T-I-C, and also that means that they have no likelihood of improving. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the key thing, meaning we don't need to do a future examination on you. They have no likelihood of improving. They're considered static. So they go ahead and make you permanent and totally disabled for VA mm-hmm. purposes. Um at that at that time, just like Social Security, you could actually take that to Social Security and let them know that and that and that may increase your chance to receive Social Security disability if you realize that you cannot work, mm-hmm. no matter what age you are. So that's important to know as well. Um, um, if you're not permanently and totally disabled, then you more than likely nine times out of ten have a future examination date and they may make you PNT at that time. Uh some people, they uh for most people, um, they may be a hundred percent, but they uh if you've been PT for ten years, uh or if you're a certain age, then you can actually request PNT if they haven't already made you because you've been you've been a hundred percent for ten years mm-hmm. and you reach a certain age. Um also you could be PNT through um, individual unemployability. That's another way that a lot of veterans don't know. If your disabilities prevent you from holding down gainful uh, employment, uh, not marginal employment because VA doesn't consider marginal employment anything. Mm-hmm. It's like odd jobs here and there. Mm-hmm. But if, you're, if your disabilities prevent you from holding down gainful employment and you have um, a certain percentage, 90, 80, 70, um, it's a mixture of it. You can find this on va.gov. You may be eligible for individual unemployability, and that mm-hmm. means that the VA will pay you at the hundred percent rate, even though you're not a hundred percent. And 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 at the same time, they may make you permanent in total while you're on the program. And so, that's something to think about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you um, get approved for that program, um, you will. Um, not be able to make more than the poverty threshold, mm-hmm. uh, meaning you can't just go work. You know, like some people do try to go get a full-time job. You can't mm-hmm. because they'll pull your social security records and then they'll basically send you a letter at the, at the beginning of the following year saying, hey, uh, it was reported to us that you made over the amount, blah, 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 this and that. So um, that's another program to really think about, man, when it comes down to uh, um, IU and permanent total that way.
0: Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. Um, and, you know, we're going to share once again some um, web, uh, websites that you can reference um, after this podcast. But, man, it's been a, a blessing, man. Uh, your wealth of knowledge, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing your, your knowledge and your heart, man, with our listeners um, in regard to Veteran Affairs and, and uh, VA claims, man. I, I appreciate that. Do you have any you know, final thoughts or um, anything you want to leave with the people as far as encouragement? Absolutely, man. Um,
1: one is um, VA will eventually get rid of eBenefits and merge it into VA.gov. So okay, good. the place to put in a claim is VA.gov. If you do it on eBenefits, they will take you or redirect you to VA.gov. Okay. Um, so keep in mind with that, um, to, to really be encouraged, man, it's like anything else. Um, we you know we know as believers that our hope lies in our faith in Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. Jesus Christ alone. Um, what I will say is um, you have to continue to believe. Um, don't let um, um, a the denial letter, do not let somebody else's experience be your experience. God has charted out our own path. And um, while I know we all are human beings and we like to kind of feel people out and fill the system out and how it, other people's experiences was. But I've learned that can really be to our own detriment. Really, um, as a believer, um, we need to acknowledge the Lord and seek the Lord in all our ways. I know we're veterans, and I know that we've served, whether it's one year, twenty years, whatever the case may be. But I believe timing is everything. Um, I know a friend of mine that go to church with. She didn't apply for benefits until she was out of the military twenty years, and the only reason why she applied for it because she was at a church conference Mm. and. The Lord just, she, uh, they was given VA classes. And after she went to this class, she had never thought about it. And she just felt led. And she thought, um, listen to how God, the Holy Spirit directed her. She thought she was applying for her father's benefits because her father died in war, blah, 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 this that, And it wound up being the Lord was using it to bring her own benefits. Wow. And she went from zero to 100%. In probably like two years, wow, and man. that's awesome. And 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 it has helped a lot of people because she is a, a person who knows how to read and and do things and 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 so and understand law and interpret things and, and does a legwork. But what I'm saying is, you know, God will direct us, man. And I think that's it. Um, everything doesn't happen in the time that we think it should happen, and sometimes we think that what we're facing right now is our biggest need. Everything is our biggest need when we're facing it. We forget that last year's need was the biggest need, but now you're at a new need. And so we, and, but God doesn't see things like that. God knows exactly the timing. He knows exactly what he wants us to go through. And if we remember that God has an appointed time, that will help us in the wait. Yes, waiting sir. in general, but in context, waiting on the VA. When I know that God has an appointed time, the VA is not my source. The VA is only a resource. Mm. Come on. You know, things are not our source. God should be our source as believers. God is a source who's able to produce resources in the earth realm. You know, he supernaturally does it from heaven, but in, in through words, but and and and, and he directs it or calls fruit to or, or to resources to come forth in the earth friend. So, whether it's VA, whether it's 100%, whether it's Social Security, whether it's your job, whatever it is, it's a resource. It's a channel that God chooses to use to show forth His, His glory in the earth friend in our lives. And ultimately, as it's being shown forth in our lives and as we Give him the glory and allocate the resources unto God in the right proper place. It brings him glory. And that will uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, quiet our souls when we feel like some, we're, we're receiving a disservice or when we, we feel like something that we've earned or entitled to is not haven't has not manifested yet. Mm. Um, it, 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 you know, it's, it's an appointed time Everything is a time uh, Ecclesiastes says to everything There is a season and, cool. and, and, and there's a season And if we just remember that Then we can say, okay, if the Lord Put it on my heart and my mind And then I obeyed whatever he told me to do Whether it was apply, intensify, whatever Then I could just leave it right there And continue on with the path And the purpose that God has for me And at the appointed time It will find me and so God will never allow us to miss our blessing um, um, as long as we stay in God. And that's the main mm-hmm. thing. As long as I'm in tune with God, I'm going to be in tune with everything else.
0: Man, come on, bro. Take it to church, bro. <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, we can't I receive that. It. Yes, sir. I receive it, man. That's, that's powerful, man. And uh, man, woo. Yeah. I hope y'all got that. <laughs> I hope y'all got that, man. You know, that, that you know, it's, it's a powerful word, man. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things you told me, man. Just keep believing God, man. He, everything comes time and season. God will work it out. Just keep believing. And, and God's going to do that thing, man. And 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 he did, man. And he does. And he will continue to do if we continue to trust and believe him. I mean, our steps are ordered, man. You know what I'm saying? We got to keep on uh, believing that, you know. And um, just just don't give up, man. Don't give up. Don't give up and keep putting that faith um, in him to make it happen, man. And and, and then do the du- due diligence and, and walk it out from that point. Man, Scott, absolutely, God has been, been a pleasure, sir. It's been a pleasure, Yeah man. And I appreciate and an it having have you having me. Yes, sir. No problem, man. Anytime. And um, you have anything as far as uh you know any uh your social media sites or anything to um to to give the listeners that they can follow you on or look into to uh, find you? Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Scott Batista on LinkedIn,
1: man. Uh, my email address is scottbatista@gmail.com. at gmail.com if you want to send me an email if I have any questions, man, or concerns. And then, of course, my VA email is scott.batista at va.gov. Um, some important sites to remember is va.gov, as, uh, as Adrian already said, va.gov, ebenefits.va.gov is another one, two separate uh, benefits, um, VSOs. I'm also on Facebook as well. Um, other than that, man, um, that's it. You know, just just continue to lift me up in prayer, man. And I appreciate everyone that's taking the time to listen to this podcast.
0: Awesome, man. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, uh, thanks again for being here, man. And uh we'll we'll chop it up soon, man. It's, it was good man, seeing I'm you awesome. good talking with you, man. It's a blessing, man. So you take care, Fair man. Up. And we'll get up soon, all right. All right, we'll do, man. All, all right, right man. stay up. Peace. All, all right. right, sir. That was my brother, Scott Batista. A wealth of knowledge, an awesome man of God, sharing his heart and sharing his insight on VA claims and how to successfully file a claim and how to successfully successfully transition from the the military world to the civilian world and be successful. Um, We just wanted to share our hearts and wanted to empower veterans, uh, servicemen and women um, active and and retired or retired. you know outside of that we we just want to give you tools for success so there's a wealth of knowledge out there we'll, we'll share some again um in the description of this podcast but um it was truthbook.com as far as that story of the man on the roof dealing with the flood but maybe dealing with a situation where god's talking to you about your life and where you are right now and you may be at a place where it's like i don't understand why i'm here and especially with everything going on in the world but believe And know that God is still in control. He's still the author and finisher of our faith. He's he's still the one that is, is leading us down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And he's still able to keep us during this time. And he's still able to show himself strong. So just keep believing. Don't give up the fight. Continue to do your due diligence and research. And watch God do a miracle in your life. Once again, thank you for listening to Not Your Average Boss podcast. Calling all veterans. You guys have been great. Appreciate you on this journey. And let's keep on, keep on believing that we can be who who we are called to be. Thanks again for listening. This is Adrian Hackney, Not Your Average Boss, signing off.